0: Oh, isn't God good? Let's just give him a praise clap this morning. So grateful for an amazing worship team that leads us right into the throne, the Holy of Holies. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for them. Maybe one more hand clap for these. How many were here last Sunday? Boy, we had a powerful Sunday, didn't we? Wow. Tim brought an amazing word. There was a, a breakthrough period of prayer before that, and uh, we experienced some breakthrough. We had some amazing things take place there. We have some testimonies this morning that we want to share. Anytime there's a good word, a testimony, it's, we want to hear that because God's saying, do it again. Yeah. Do it again. Do it again. So those of you who know who you are, Rod Lucas, Mark. It's Carolyn here. Carolyn Emery. I would say run to the front, but. What a gentleman right there. Would you look at that? Would you look at that? Ah, thank you, Jesus. I There's a... God's faithful. God is so faithful. We're just talking about God's faithfulness in every area of our lives, in the big things, in the little things. And I'm going to be talking this morning about hearing the voice of God, but some of the things that as we get our ears tuned and our our, our antennas up in the, in the airwaves in those spiritual airwaves to begin to hear the voice of God, and some of these breakthroughs that we 've just had this week or week, ten days, week and a half, something like that, uh, I just want some of them to share just a little bit, so I think w- when we think of how God cares for us. We've just taken up the offering. I'd like to just have Carolyn and Mark, probably Carolyn first. Yeah, yeah. And Tim will hold the microphone so it'll be right in the right spot so people can actually hear you and so you don't go too long.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, my testimony is this week and really for several months now. I've been seeking the Lord, asking Him to give me wisdom and godly strategies to create wealth. And this week, the Lord told me on on Tuesday, He said, um, "Mark's going to hand you a stock, and I want you to buy it." He's gonna like I just saw Mark handing a note to me with a stock on it and telling me to buy it. So I was like, "Well, okay." all right, you know, didn't think a whole lot of that. And then Thursday at VSSM, Mark walks up to me and he hands me a paper with a stock on it. He says, here, buy this. (laughs) And he says, oh, well, pray about it too, of course. And I said, well, I don't need to because the Lord told me you were going to walk up and hand me a piece of paper with a stock on it and I was supposed to buy it. So, yeah, so... Yeah, I just feel like that's one of the small things, just being faithful in the small things.
0: So we can go back to Carolyn, but now Mark, I think this this is amazing. Um, I never write anything on a piece of paper and give it to anybody. So that's how unusual that is. I have no idea what propelled me to write the idea on a piece of paper. Um, uh, Can I just share a few things, is it okay? I'm not gonna go too long. Really. Let's just do this one. Let's just do this one. Okay. All right. Well, then that's it. Uh, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no. We, uh, Mark, Mark has some things that we've been doing a little bit of talking, and there's some... He's going to get up here one of these days very soon and share a lot, but he's got a lot to share. So I, I just wanted this one to be pretty much about this one. Have you got something like 30 seconds you wanted? Yeah, the, the, the stock went up 9% on the opening. Okay. <laughs> so now, uh, but that... The thing is, even if it went down, we know that it's from the Lord. And we would, we would stay in it. You know what I'm saying? So that's not really the point. But it is interesting. <laughs> it went up 9% on the, on the opening. Um, and, uh, yeah. Well, not only interesting, that's incredible. It, 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 when we actually know that we've heard the voice of God, and then we're getting a confirmation immediately, that's when it's so awesome and so cool to experience. Yeah. So you got in 2 or 3 days then a 9% return on your investment. Not, not really. Not really. Oh. We it's gone up 9%. We went went up 9%. Instantly up 9%. But then, then it's just the idea. Yeah. That it just went the confirmation. Up. Confirmation. Yeah, confirmation. That. No. <laughs> well, it's kind of like equity and real estate. You own it, but until you sell it, you don't have it in your hand, but still it's 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 earned. That's awesome. Let's God's so faithful. Let's just give God another big hand clap. He does care about our every need, our every desire. Rod, would you end up sharing? You have uh, a hold of a microphone. I guess why don't you just go ahead and stick that up to your mouth. You know how to sing and talk and all of that stuff, I guess.
2: I'm not used (laughs) to doing this with the microphone, though, so Uh, bear with me. Um, mine didn't start last week it actually started more than 50 years ago I'm going to give you the cliff notes version otherwise we would be here way past uh, noon the two keywords that I want you to get from all of this is hook and anchor about a month ago um, my dad passed away and I was having a pretty hard time Um, dealing with some anger issues actually even before that. Um, And I expected to be even more angry. Um, They were unfortunate circumstances, totally preventable. Um, I won't go into that, but instead of getting angry, I literally felt peace come in from the top of my head and anger going out the bottom. And it was a process of, of several days, but I have not felt that anger since. Not even a little bit. Last week, let's fast forward to, to um, last week. Pastor Lynn was talking about that hook that we are going to release that hook, just like um, you would release a fish that you're catching and releasing. Well, Satan had a hook. And an area of my life that I had struggled with, and I'm uh, not going to go into a lot of the detail, but but it, it's, it's a generational curse. Um, and I would love to share it with anyone who wants to listen. But that hook... Um, At the same time was was literally cut loose. I couldn't put it into words until he said we're gonna release the hook and it's like that was it. That was it. That's what happened to me. And it was like a light turned on. Um, But there was more to the story. I don't know if you know the scripture that says if if, um, a house is cleaned um, and you leave it that way it's not a good thing let's, let's just paraphrase it's not a good thing things can come back in and you, you end up worse well God didn't leave me that way he gave me he gave me an anchor and it was also a passage of scripture that um, that Pastor Lynn had talked about um, you gotta go read this you gotta read this and I had actually done this this little piece of paper I wrote 10 years ago <laughs> wow um I'm going to hold it up. I know you can't see it. There's a little circle. And in that circle are attributes that we are, um, that Second Peter talks about. I'm just going to read it if, if you don't mind. Go ahead. All right. Okay.
0: Let's see.
2: For his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness, Through the true knowledge of him who has has called us by his own glory and excellence, through these he has granted to us precious promises, magnificent promises, so that by them we might be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world um, on account of lust. Now, for this reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence. In your moral excellence, knowledge. In your knowledge, self-control. Self-control, perseverance. And in your perseverance, godliness. And in your godliness, brotherly kindness. And in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours, that's number one, and are increasing, that's number two. Oh, lost my place. Let's see, where are you? Okay. They do not make you useless nor unproductive in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choice of you. For as long as you practice these things... You will never stumble. That was the hook. That's what pulled it out and was replaced by this anchor.
0: I want to show one more thing. Okay. Yeah, you will never stumble or be unfruitful or be unfruitful. I think that's just a big part, that or be unfruitful. Because what do we want to be? We want to be fruitful Christians. Yes. Go ahead. Oh. You said you had one more thing.
3: Um,
2: all right. So you can see this little circle. Maybe you can't. Um, as I said, I wrote this about 10 years ago. Um, and I found it just like last week. Um, as I was looking at it again, it's, it's, it's two-dimensional. And I saw a hand reach down and lift it up. And it became a spiral, almost like a spiral staircase. And it's as if those attributes have to be present, but they have to be increasing at the same time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: oh, oh. So. I am, I am so thankful. I am so thankful and I have not, um, I've had no issues, no anger, um, no issues that have been in my family for at least three generations that I know Wow. About. Totally free.
0: And we were talking about breaking chains and removing hooks, three generations now broken. Yeah. Awesome. Incredible. Man, we talk about spirals. Lucas ended up sharing. Uh, ended up, I got a, a text of what had happened in, in his life, which last Sunday was another. I mean, incredible. He had an incredible experience Sunday. So, let yeah, go for it.
3: So, I'm on a journey of healing um, right now, and I've realized that I've been that I've had a spirit of rejection. Um I've had a spirit of lust uh not just after uh women but after material things material items um and I've had an unexplained pain in the lower uh right side of my back for several years now um and last week um there was an altar call for if you needed healing to come and initially I wasn't going to come and God spoke he said why aren't you up there so I came to the front, and people started praying. Um, Jerry put his hands on my shoulders, was praying for me. I had not told anybody about my pain in my back, because over the past year, year and a half, I've known that that's a demonic oppression that I've had. Um, And I knew that when God was ready to heal that part of me, truly heal that part of me, he was going to send somebody to do that. So I didn't tell anybody, Um, and as Jerry was praying for me, Bev came and she put her hands on my back in that exact spot. And as soon as she laid her hands on me, that pain released. And this pain was pretty much constant. I mean, it would come and go, but it stayed most of the time. And it was so bad to wear, it hurt to put on my socks. I couldn't even bend over to put on my socks most mornings. And that pain was released. Um, As that was happening, I believe Pastor Lynn came and he put his hands on the front of my shoulders and I went to the ground and as I went to the ground, I had a vision of two demons spiraling down into a pit and they were the the spirits of rejection and lust. (laughs) And as soon as I saw that, God spoke to me and he said, you are not rejected. You are mine. Say that again. Say that again. He said, you are not rejected. You are mine. (laughs) And immediately I've realized the difference. I don't, I don't care to get on Amazon and look to buy things. I don't, the cars that I've passed, I haven't desired to purchase that truck or this house or anything like that this past week. Um, and I have a confidence in myself because of him. A confidence in him because I am not rejected. And that all happened last week. And that's not the first deliverance that I've had here. It's, it's become almost an expectation since I started attending here in October. Almost every Sunday I have a, an encounter with God that is unreal. And I just want to say thank you all. To the Pastor Lynn and everybody who serves here who creates that atmosphere for the Spirit to work. It's really been freeing for me. Tim, Pastor Tim,
0: why don't you lay hands on, on Lucas, Lucas right now? And let's just all extend our hands towards Lucas and yes, 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 yes. And lead a prayer for us. Pray over Lucas right now. If you will.
4: So, Father, I thank you. That he that begins a good work finishes that good work <laughs> yeah. and lord i know that the footsteps of the righteous are directed by you and we are saying lord that as lucas stands up here confident knowing that he is called the son of the most high living god lucas i just see like a ring being put on your finger of him saying he gives you his seal and he puts his robe on you that you no longer walk in rejection but you walk in confidence With your head held high not in pride but in confidence knowing who you are and what you are going to do so we say to every wall to every chain that may feel like it's around of you we say that it has to be broken down crumbling down in the name of Jesus let it be kicked down Lucas with your feet knowing that you have power from the Holy Spirit that lives and dwells inside of you and so we're saying Lord that you would touch his hands and his feet Right now, from the top of his head to the sole of his feet, Lord. Just continue the work that you have started in him. Continue the work that you are doing through him. And over his family, the legacy that is coming through him, Lord. The legacy that that is coming through him. The revelation that's going to be passed on to his children's children. It's going to start from this very moment. From this very moment on, in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. bless you. Thank you. Thank you. It's amazing, isn't it? Do it again, Lord. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. Do it again. Yeah, I think we can, you guys, thank you so much. Mark, Carolyn, thank you. Thank you. Rod, thank you. Pastor Tim, thank you. I think that leads me to possibly a little bit of a little bit of description, maybe a little bit of teaching, a little bit of explanation. Some people I ended up through the week. I had a couple questions. A couple people come to my office and asking a little bit about that. What are people doing? Why are people falling down? It's like I haven't had a I haven't had a question the other day. It's like it appears that you push people I say you know what I I just want to I want to bring one of the reasons and I would just say this felt like Holy Spirit directed me probably a couple years ago three years ago at least to start just taking people by the hands instead of putting my hands on people's heads because they say well you pushed them or you pushed me it's like no that's the power of God I just want to this is something that we talked about this last staff meeting and I think this would be just a great opportunity to, to share a little bit about that. You know, sometimes we don't understand wrapping our minds around the manifestations of God. The power of God. The healing power of God. The things that, that God does in our lives. And when you, when you hear Lucas's testimony, it's like, yes, Lord. The goal... When we go down to pray for people and start to lay hands on people, my perspective, I just want to share a little bit my perspective, is like, Holy Spirit, what we are doing here is creating an atmosphere for people to be able to encounter you because Holy Spirit will do in your life what needs to happen. He knows what you have need of. And if you, if we go down, if we come down, and we started praying for people, and just instantly, last Sunday, people were just falling. Everyone, everyone just began to fall. It's like, wow. What I had in mind, Lord, was being able to, we were talking about breaking chains, so what I had in mind was being able to pray and speak some things into people's ears, Lord. Lord. A little message about breaking chains, about breaking free, about releasing the hook. But Holy Spirit can do more in seconds than I can do in hours of just trying to speak and teach. So what he had in mind for each of those was something personal between him and them. And all I did was get to be the vessel that he used to work through. Does that make sense? Still see some kind of like hmm, skeptical looks. Had somebody uh, probably about a month or so ago say, we, "I wonder," I questioned because it happened to him, happened to him a couple times now, and started, "Was that me? Was that in my head? Was there something?" As I went stumbling backwards, did I get pushed a little bit? What what exactly happened? And that's when we begin to listen to the voice of the enemy. We can have an incredible experience in the Lord. And the enemy, just as he did in the garden with Adam and Eve, just as he tried to do with Jesus in the fourth chapter of Matthew, saying, Did he really say this? Did he really do this? Did God really. And we can start asking those questions because there's a voice right in here and there's a very skeptical nature that, that you know, I just have to say it's a really good thing for me when that happened to me, when I ended up having that experience that I had never seen it, I never knew anything about it, I'd never even heard anybody talk about it. I was in Mexico in a little short Mexican preacher, all in Spanish, gave this message and I felt compelled to go forward. I went to the front, he put his hand on my head, and I had no idea if I had been out for seconds, minutes, or hours, or what, a complete lapse of time, because there was such an overwhelming peace and a fulfilling joy that I didn't care, and I didn't know, and I had no grid, no explanation. I just knew that what I went up there to get, this big hole right here that needed to be filled, God took care of it and filled that hole right there. It's like, yes, now I need to go back home and figure out what happened, how this this transpired. But there's an enemy that will come and say, you know what? That was in your imagination. Some, something was in your imagination. Something was in your head. How do you know that was God? That probably wasn't really God. Are you with me? Yeah. Yeah. You tracking with me? It's like, it's so, I didn't, I have been at this church now for a little bit over 30 years, and none of that stuff was familiar to me. Zero, none of that stuff for the first 18 years of trying to serve the Lord. So it was completely foreign to me. I had no idea what had happened other than God did something incredible in my life through that experience. So is everybody okay with that? Are we all open for whatever God has for us? If it's finding yourself on the floor, looking up, wondering what in the world just happened here that's the power of god when it comes through that it's like when i was a, like a, in my late teens and stuff i and you know, i liked to box I, I liked to in fact i like to fight just a little bit and there was certain enjoyment that came from hitting somebody really good and hard maybe twice and watching them fall But that was, that was me, and that was my strength. Now, it, it, it's really important at this point in my life that there's less of me and less of my desire and more of Him. And when we come to that place, that the goal is not to see people on the floor. The goal isn't what I can do and what I can accomplish. The goal, the goal is not to glorify Lynn, but to glorify God, because He's the one... With the power, with the authority, what I'm going to talk to this morning about is. Uh, no, I think a couple more things probably I should address here. That's we have a prayer team of people that that run around with the what do you call it? with the tag, with the lanyard, with the lanyard, and with the tags. And it's something that in this church we want Holy Spirit to move. We want everything that he has for us. But I can tell you something that we don't want, and that's the wrong spirit to get involved because, you know, there is... The Bible talks about wolves in sheep's clothing. Wolves that come in in sheep's clothing. And when, when, the, when the spirit is moving and when, when God's doing amazing things, guaranteed that there is going to be a draw from the other side that's going to come in to disturb To steal, kill, destroy, and create division, create problems. So one of the things I was even thinking about, you know, when people are vetted to come into this country, or at least supposed to be, that that's something that actually needs to take place in church as well. That people that are trusted, that are put in positions of trust, of dealing with people that are in a vulnerable state because they've come up to be prayed for, needs to be those that are vetted that are trusted by the house just because somebody's in the house and comes to prophesy over you to lay hands on you to, to pray for you it's probably a good idea that you look for a lanyard to see okay they're vetted by the house they are definitely safe does this make sense to everybody you're saying oh you're getting out there a little far here no I can tell you, I, I want to share an experience, and then I'm going to get into the, to the Word. Happened about right there, about 12 years ago, either 12 or 13 years ago. I was going around. I was just not, had not been on staff for very long, assistant pastor, administrator. And I was walking around here at, at prayer time because we used to do it mid-service. Somebody right there stopped me, and it was, it was a, a friend, somebody who had been a part of Celebrate Recovery that we were leading at the time. And I, I said hello to him. And there was somebody with him. And that individual said, I'd like prayer. It's like, I didn't even think about it. So like, okay. I extended my hand towards that individual. And she grabbed my hand like that and just clasped it. It's like, well, that's a little unusual. Can't get my hand back. So I tried to make a really quick prayer of something. It was something kind of goofy. It wasn't like a real need that she specifically had and I finished and I'm trying to get my hand back and she said she let go and said, I feel like you have a word for me. And it's like, uh no, I, I don't I don't sorry, I don't have a word for you. I didn't really recognize or get any big check in my spirit or anything right off the bat. And I usually am pretty discerning, but back then I only went to people that the Lord led me to to pray for anyway. And he did not lead me her I was just greeting one of the Celebrate Recovery guys as I walked by and so trying to make this story get fairly short my wife was gone she was in Phoenix and she's going to Phoenix again tomorrow this is scary Uh, well this lady then ended up greeting me out in the parking lot she said do you have that word for me yet it's like no sorry no no well, that night I had a three-year-old grandson that spent the night with me, and, and uh, he was sleeping in the bed. And got to see—can't remember now if it was two or three demons that I got to wrestle with that night. It's like what in the world? And I, I see my grandson flipping and flopping, and I'm trying to speak to those demons, trying to let him sleep, and trying to get this, get them gone, get them out of my house, get them. I'm uh, feeling the cold and all that that comes with a uh, demonic. Uh, attack we'll just call it attack A little battle going on and finally i had to just speak out loud i just had to at, at nearly the top of my voice you know by i claim the blood of jesus and by the power of jesus you go in jesus name they went but as that was happening i heard very clearly lay hands quickly first or second timothy lay hands quickly on no man it's like okay and then I saw this lady's face and then I saw the faces of, the, of these, I believe, three, three demons and it's like, oh my goodness, that's where that... So I just say that to say that we need to keep this protected. We need to know who's laying hands on because it, I just, the term that we've used is you can get slimed or a Klingon where you end up having to deal with and there's no sense in that, especially for young believers. So, it make even more sense now why, why we, we protect the space. I would like you to turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3. We're going to start on the last two verses of chapter 2. Um, I would encourage you to read Second Samuel, um, 1 Samuel, chapter 2 and chapter 3, because I don't have a lot of time to, to uh, build this message, to complete this message. So I'm going to encourage you some homework. 1 Samuel, chapter 2, chapter 3. Now, Eli, I'll give you a, just a little bit of background, the priest, He had a couple of sons that worked in the tabernacle, that worked with him, that worked for him, and they were dishonest. They were not good priestly men. I'll just say that. So verse 35 says, then I will raise up, this is God speaking, then I will raise up for myself, capital M, a faithful priest who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. I said I would start with verse 34, so now I'll back up to 34. Now this shall be a sign to you, to you, Eli, and that will come upon your two sons, on Hophni and Phinehas, in one day they both will die. This is going to be a sign to you. They're both going to die. Then, sorry, then I will raise up for myself, God's going to raise up for himself a faithful priest, what he say, faithful priest." I think part of the message that in this right here is that there are those that work in the house of God, that are not truly led by God, that are not after the heart and mind of God. Then I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who shall do according to what is in my capital in, my heart and my mind. God is looking for a priest that will be aware of what's in his heart, in his mind, and that's from hearing what's in his heart, what's in his mind, and the direction that he wants us to go. I will build him a sure house, and he shall walk before me, I mean, before my anointed forever. Is this settled in a little bit? I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who will do according to what is in my heart and my mind. God is looking for people that will be obedient, that will be aware, that will be listening to do what is on his heart, what is in his mind. Got that? Moving on. Then, chapter 3, verse 1. Then the boy Samuel, ministered to the Lord before Eli. So he was working, he was ministering to the Lord before, with, according to, by the instructions of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. It's like, what is it that keeps God or that doesn't allow us Hear from God. Well, if you'd back up just a little bit, and I'm encouraging you to read verse 2, there was a ton of sin in the house. Incredible sin in the house among the priests. So that would create a situation where the widespread revelation of God is not just rampant. What separates? Sin. What keeps us from hearing clearly the voice of God? Sin in our lives. Everybody with me? Okay, verse 2. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow dim, so dim that he couldn't see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel, everybody say Samuel, Samuel. because Samuel is this young priest that's being raised up to do exactly what God was speaking his heart, and his mind, while Samuel was lying down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. And he said, I didn't call you. Lay down again. So he went back and laid down, obviously very confused because he knew that he'd heard a voice. And the Lord called again yet, Samuel, so Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. And he answered, I did not call, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. So Samuel the boy was ministering to the Lord under the direction of Eli, but he didn't know the Lord. We got that really clearly? Was ministering to the Lord, but he didn't know him. No relationship between him and the Lord. He's just ministering to him. Got that? I, I think there are... I, well, I think back about my life. I, I use a lot of my experiences. I want to talk about even more of my experiences if I have time, which... Okay, probably not. Uh, I ministered in in a church for 16 years, not really knowing, not ever really having, uh, as Lucas said, I didn't understand my identity. I didn't understand what my true relationship with the Lord was. I really had no idea. I was ministering. I was teaching from the Bible. I was teaching the Bible from from a Sunday school teacher to a youth leader two different times to a young married leader, teaching the Bible, giving good instruction from the Bible, but never really having that personal relationship of knowing the Lord. I ministered to the Lord, I ministered to the people, but I didn't know him. I didn't have that relationship. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and life. There's no way to the Father except through me. So in verse 7, it says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. Then he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived, it's like only took three times, but Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, time number four, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went. He lay down in his place. Then the Lord came and stood and called as at other times. So number four, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. Ah. That, that one's soaked. Speak for your servant hears. Finally, Eli was able to get the message to him. He began to understand. Oh, God is trying to speak to me. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. I encourage you to read the rest of that, read the rest of that chapter, but I'll say. Getting tuned in, getting, getting tuned in to hear the voice of God. I think I will um, either fast forward or talk just a little bit. I'm going to talk just a little bit about, about hearing that voice. That's, I spent a, a lot of time really contemplating and thinking about how do I hear the voice of God and this 30, almost 31 year, it'll be 31 years that I've been here this April will be 31 years here. I think that's when my real journey getting to know the Lord began and beginning to hear the voice of God. And, and one of the first things that God started speaking to me about is I need your heart. I need your heart. I need your heart. It's like, yeah, you got it. You got it. But realizing that my heart was connected to two things two issues that I had that had to be dealt with, and one was pride, and the other one was money. It's like, oh, Lynn, you talk about money plenty. Yes, I do, because money was a big deal for me. And you know, talking about money plenty, money is mentioned in the Bible more than love. There is more scriptures and stuff on money, mammon and, 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 and things, uh, wealth, than there is about love. So I think it's something that's pretty important to God. Some money, Because he does not have your heart till he has your wallet. I'm going to say that again, He does not have your heart until he has your wallet. It's like, I can be, I can think, I can want. And I can talk to the Lord. And, and, and uh, I think some of the conversations that I had with him when I began to hear his voice, and hear it clearly. That's what he was talking to me about in the very beginning. And I had to hear it pretty loud and clear. Both times, I was ready to step through something. Once, the very first time, I was ready to step through from my shop had a heating and air conditioning business into the warehouse. And there's those freezer panels there that are those clear plastic, all scratched up now panels. And I stood there, I was opening, looking into into the warehouse. And God started speaking to me about paying my tithe. It's like, it's not that I didn't give money to the church. I just didn't give 10%. Not even close to 10%. So I'm looking through there, and I'm looking at all my inventory, and, like, and, and I said this because I was hearing this download, this very clear, not an audible voice, but as close as you can get to an audible voice. It is very, very coming in strong and clear. It's like, you need to be paying your tithe. And I'm standing there looking at the inventory and said, all right, Lord, when you give me enough profit that I don't have to borrow money. To cover my inventory that costs me almost 10% interest, i would be glad to give you that 10%. And he was listening, but not obeying. <laughs> I stood there looking through that door and, and, looking, and looking at that inventory and thinking, here's the deal, I, I'm ready to negotiate here. I've been a negotiator for a long time. I'm ready to negotiate, and when you do this for me, I'll do that for you. No problem, because that just sounds like a lot of money. And I said, okay, deals made, deals done. And so I walked away thinking that's what would happen. I took the money, my sons and I were racing snowmobiles at the time, I took the money and bought what should have gone to tithe and bought four new snowmobiles to race. If you're going to be competitive, you have to have new sleds every year, right? Well, it's right. At least I think so. So I bought new sleds. Paid cash. I would not go in debt for something that's a toy. But I didn't pay tithe. So it went on. And that, that year, Renee and I took that year off. Basically, we raced snowmobiles and we went and played. And we traveled and vacationed in a, in a new motorhome. And came back to find that everything had fallen completely apart in my world. And I sat at my table and I looked out over the city of Caldwell from that house of ours, and I cried, said, like, God, I can't believe what happened. It's like when He has a plan for your life and He speaks to you, He expects you to obey. Otherwise, He's gonna bring some correction to get you back on the right path. And see, I I learned that man, it doesn't matter how smart you are or what kind of business plan that you've got. If God decides that he's going to turn the spout off, he's going to turn the spout off. I call that the spout of blessing. If he decides to shut that off, it's shut off. And you're shut off. And until you correct some things, some course correction, he might hold your allowance. It's like, it's all his. We're entitled to an allowance. I believe that. It's all his, and we're entitled to an allowance. And when we recognize that it's all his, and he gives us an allowance, then there becomes less of me, more of him, humility in my life, obedience to what he wants to do in my life, and then he can begin to use me as a more pure vessel because he really does have my heart. It's like he can do things through me, Because he has my heart. I've said that about three times. So that's the first time that I heard the voice of God really strong. And the confirmation on the other side of that is, well, I'm almost broke now. I'm going to have to start mortgaging properties and stuff, you know, to just get myself dug out of this hole. Lord, how could you let this happen to me? He said, have you ever been there? How could you let this happen to me? obedience 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 the next time I had become a tithe payer but I was I had received a check this was a good size check I remember 130 or 140 thousand dollar check and it was a payment and 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 a payment for on a, a payment on a business that I'd sold and I I'm standing I'm opening the door to go in my house I have just been to the bank, deposited that check, pretty excited about having a check that size to put in the bank. And I can look like a hero to the bank because I'm going to have an average daily balance that's a little bit bigger now, you know. And so so I'm stepping through the door of my house. Again, it's like a doorway thing. I'm standing in that doorway, and I heard the Lord say, you're going to pay tithe on that, right? And it's like, (laughs) so I'm straddling the threshold right there. Just standing with the door open in into into the back door of my house. Colleen's house. Now, that door is blessed, Colleen. So, I'm standing in that doorway saying, well, yes. But, you know, that was not all profit, Lord. Once again, I'm ready to negotiate a little bit. It's like, come on, Lynn. And he said, very clearly, almost audible, so close to audible it may have even been, but nobody else heard it. He said, you're not dealing with the IRS here, Lynn. It's like, (laughs) I remember. I remember. It's like, but I love to have the last word. I love to have the last word. So I said, Lord, I will pay you a full 10%. No questions asked. Forget about the IRS thing. But... These stupid butts. <laughs> but I want to leave it in the bank for 30 days. and <laughs> I want to leave it in the bank for 30 days. And at the end of that 30 days, I'll, pay you, I'll write you a check for that. Just a few days later, Rene's brother was in town. And he was working on this sanctuary right here on the new side of the church and he was he was helping get this done built and, and created and and uh, I didn't really know him well at all we only visited him probably once or twice so far and he came to our house for dinner and as he was we had eaten dinner and Renee said I have to go get ice cream so you stay here and visit with my brother it's like I can do that so I stayed and visited with him so he's like "Bo how's it going how's the project going over there I'm been really busy doing my thing and and he says, oh, man, Lynn, it's been going great. But he said, you know how Dad is carrying the church checkbook around and, and running around in his pickup, and he kind of is a little sloppy and spills things with food and all this. And he says, there were two on the check register, two pages stuck together, and Joyce, who was our, the church secretary back then, she didn't catch that. So she ran a total, and he says, Dad's trying to get... A second on his house, a second mortgage line of credit, because we're like $13,000 overdrawn right now. And I was like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> so, how does the Lord speak? It's like, it's like, Okay, I have definitely had the fear of the Lord instilled in me now. I said, Bo, before you leave tonight, I'm going to write you a check for that. For that amount, because it was exactly the amount of 10% of that check that I had told the Lord that I was not going to give him for a month. But I wrote that check that night. Bo standing there was like his eyes just welled up with tears, like, what? What? And I sent him with the, the check. Because I started hearing the voice of the Lord loud and clear, but he had to get my attention. And I would just encourage you to start listening before it has to be something quite so drastic and expensive. (laughs) And I'm not talking, this is not just to you. It's probably not an issue that's about money. To me, it happened to be about money. But he got my undivided attention. He got my heart. He got my wallet. Now what? I was like, okay. There was another time, I was sitting over there about, third row back, like right where you guys are at, and I was just worshiping. My daughter Dana was dating this like uh, Gold's Gym workout guy. He was a really handsome, but when he would date my daughter, he would show up and honk the horn or else call her cell phone. It's like, ooh, I can't stand that. This, we need some respect. This is not working. Eventually, my daughter ended up deciding that uh, this is not going to really work out, He was brand new to church, and he was not really a Christian. The church wasn't the most exciting thing to him, so she broke up with him. He was here, right there, second row back, right where you guys are, sitting right there. After she had broken up with him, he came like the next couple of Sundays, and he sat right there, and I was there worshiping. We're at the end of worship, and there's been an altar call, and people are coming up, and I, I have my hand raised, and I've been worshiping. And the Lord said to me, Lynn, go pray for Caesar. It's like, he doesn't like me. I don't like him too much. But I really like it that my daughter has broke up with him. So that doesn't make any sense, Lord, for me to go pray for Caesar. It's like, so let me just worship some more. It's like, and I continue to worship, and I heard again. It's like, this, that's, that's what this reminds me of. I heard again, go pray for Caesar. It's like, well, I already know what's happened when I, didn't, when I wasn't obedient, when it had to do with the money. Now it's talking about prayer. Go pray for Caesar. So I say, you know what? It's going to be hard for me to get over there. By the time I get over there, because it's kind of crowded around here. By the time I get over there, it's probably gonna be really awkward because we will have moved out of worship and prayer time. And God, you, you it's like, I heard, go pray for It's like, okay, climb over a couple of chairs, come down and around and go over there to Caesar. And he's, he's not standing, he's sitting. Got his head down and I put my hand on his shoulder and said, Caesar, can I pray for you? And he looks up and instantly bursts into tears and just starts shaking it's like, Whoa. He had just asked the Lord, if you are really real, give me a sign. Send somebody to tell me. And what I told him, I said, Caesar, God, or Jesus loves you, and so do I. And that was exactly what he needed to hear. God touched him. He gave his life to the Lord. His life was forever changed, and he's still a friend. And it's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. In that obedience where he's calling us, we hear that voice and we just need to be obedient to that voice. God is speaking, we just have to be listening. Okay, wow, with five minutes left. If you would turn with me, i just going to go fast forward now, like really fast forward to... John 16, go with the 12th verse of John 16. Jesus is letting his disciples know that it's just about time that he's going to go be with his father, but he says, starting with verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them right now. It's like he wanted to be able to unload. He wanted to to give them just a tremendous amount of information and need to know stuff, but he said, however... Everybody say, however, however. There's some stuff you need to know, and I. But you can't bear it right now. So, however, when He, the Spirit of Truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He won't speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak. Holy Spirit is a He. We got that. He will speak not on His own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he, everybody say he, He. will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit is coming, and the Holy Spirit is going to be Jesus' representative on the earth. Right? He's coming because... All things that the Father has are mine. So Jesus is saying, everything that God has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So Jesus has everything that the Father has, right? Complete representation in every realm and every aspect of the father we all in agreement okay he has everything that that he has is mine and holy spirit is only going to say or do what he hears father or son do directions to give him In a little while you won't see me, Jesus says. And again, in a little while you will see me because I go to the Father. Then some of his disciples said among themselves, what is this that he says to us? A little while and you will not see me. And again, and a little while you will see me because I go to the Father. Jesus was trying to get it get them prepared that this is going to be a really sad and it's going to be a really difficult time but this is going to be really good for you that i go to the father and i sit at his at his right side because the holy spirit's going to come he's going to be your comforter he's going to be your guide i'll just keep reading Uh, are you acquiring among yourselves what i'm saying in a little while and you will not see me but then again you will see me saying you know what he's going to die he's going to be crucified he's going to be hung on the cross he's going to be in a grave for three days but then you're going to see him again most assuredly I say to you that you will weep and lament but the world's going to rejoice because I'm gone you'll be sorrowful but your sorrow will be turned into joy because there is a resurrected Jesus a woman when she's uh, we'll skip that But therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice. Your joy no one will take from you. And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give you. Until now, you haven't asked for anything in my name. But ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full your joy may be full in the Lord Jesus Christ as your requests are, are fulfilled. These things I've spoken to you in figurative language, but the time is coming when I will you will no longer see me speak in figurative language. I will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you'll ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loves you because you've loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world again. I leave the world and go to the Father. Jesus has made it really clear to us that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, like the doctor, the lawyer, the nurse, is a person does he not? the person of the Holy Spirit a personality that's sent right here to comfort us to guide us to direct us to lead us into all truth he will lead us into all truth now this Bible this Bible when we want to hear the word of God our lives have to come into alignment with what the Word says. Right? Any word that we get, we check it against and with the Bible. Then we know we've heard from God. If it doesn't come into alignment with the Word of God, we've probably not heard from God. Right? But... The teachings of this Bible are incredible and we need to know it. 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 But you can be or have a Master of Divinity. You can be an incredible Bible teacher and not know Jesus. You can know the history. You can know the the setting. You can know the culture of the time and the hour and exactly, you know, the geography. You you can know and understand all of that and not know Jesus. But the relationship with Jesus and living your life in accordance with what this Bible says is what grants you access and opens your ears to the voice of God. Let's stand together. If the prayer team wants to come up here, if it, I mean, I ask the prayer team to come up here, and if you would like prayer, there is a group of amazing God-hearing, God-listening believers up here that carry the word of truth and the authority to see you healed, delivered, or whatever your need is in the Spirit today. Father, I thank you that you are a loving, caring God. And I thank you that your desire for each and every one of us is to draw closer to you that we might hear your voice clearly. As Samuel says, Lord, here I am, I want to be after your heart. As David was a man after God's heart, I want to be a man after God's heart and mind. I want to know the mind of Christ. I want to know the heart of God. That what I say and do will be a reflection of you, Lord. And I ask that over each one of these gathered here today, that as they open their ears, open their minds, and open their eyes, that you, being the faithful God you are, will begin to speak and speak in a, in, a, in a voice that each of us can clearly understand. And to you, I say, that we need to clear our minds. Clear our minds. Get in a place where all of the noise stops, where the busyness The busyness, the busyness stops. All of the noise, the clutter stops so we can hear exactly what he's saying and recognize his voice. I thank you, Father, that you're speaking to your people, to your saints, to your disciples in this congregation right now. I give you praise. I give you thanks in the mighty name of Jesus. And together we say Amen. God bless you as you go. There's a prayer team that's ready.